The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our reading from Jeremiah, and especially these words. Behold, the days are coming, declare the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Shortly before I took the call here to Minnesota, the town that I served in in Kansas unveiled a new town sign at the north of the town where the major highway went through. It was a sign that was meant to entice passers-by to consider moving either themselves or perhaps their businesses into the town of Ellsworth. The sign was quite simple, and yet it did sort of catch the eye. There was only one image, and that image was that of a single shoot of a plant breaking forth through the soil. It said something like this, There's life in Ellsworth. Come and share in that life. Jeremiah says to us today through the Holy Spirit, in those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous shoot to spring up for David. Yes, the Spirit gave Jeremiah this same image to paint not upon a sign, but with his words as he spoke them to the people of God. That image of a shoot breaking the soil as a sign of life that was coming. We must remember today that Jeremiah largely was given to speak to the people of God hard words. He was called chiefly to speak about the dry and lifeless days that the people of God were about to experience in the exile. He was called to tell them that their days of living in the land of milk and honey were coming to an end due to their rebellion against God. He was telling them that there were hard times ahead. But thankfully, as we heard in our portion of Jeremiah's prophecy, his prophecy did not only end with talk of exile, but instead he spoke also about a day that would come after exile. And Jeremiah's prophecy did not end with talk of exile because God's plan for his people was not going to end with the exile either. And so Jeremiah was blessed to speak to the people of God about a time after the exile, a time when life would once again spring forth into action. He spoke of that time when this righteous shoot would break the surface of the ground, a day when green would again break the landscape of brown. Today, you and I enter into the season of Advent that causes us to prepare for Christmas. And in so doing, we, in a way, try to imagine what it would be like to live before Christ had come into the world at Bethlehem. We imagine what it would be like to live in a time where there was only the promise of a Savior coming, rather than doing as we often do and looking back on the reality of that Savior being born. 
As Jeremiah's words invite us back in time. We are asked to jump into that time where God's people are living in the promised land, but not for much longer. We invite, we're invited to live in that time where they realize that they were soon to be removed from the promised land by the Babylonian armies. Imagine living in that day when the promise of the promised land seemed to be growing more and more scarce each day. Imagine how all of those words about exile must have drained the very life out of God's people. They had to wonder, was this the end of the story? Were all of God's promises going to be removed from them and perhaps be given to someone else? Would everything be done because of their rebellion? But then they got to hear words like those in our text. They heard words about hope springing forward. They heard about life that would exist after the exile. And how those words must have been precious in the ears of such people. It must have been such relief to hear that God was not done with them. That image of a tiny shoot breaking forth in the soil must have given them true hope. Yes, we can indeed try to imagine what it was like to live when those people did. But truth be told, we don't have to imagine all that hard to imagine living in a situation where things were not going to be ideal. For indeed, even though many of us have been blessed to live in a very prosperous time and country, we have to imagine, or we have to admit rather, that we also live in a world where things are far from ideal. Things for us, too, are not all milk and honey. In the last two days, death has claimed two of our beloved members here at peace. And every time death comes, the brokenness of this world is brought into bright contrast with what God would have for his people. Yes, we too understand what it is to want to live in a place where life is spoken of and not death. We understand what it is to want to be back in a place like Eden, where life ruled the day instead of death rearing its ugly head. Yes, we want to live where death is no more. And that's why we are not ashamed at times to sing that simple hymn, We Are But Strangers Here. Yes, we are living in our own exile, waiting for that day when we will get that new promised land that God has promised to his people. Yes, Jeremiah promised his people of old that there would be this shoot that would spring forth in the earth. And he said that that shoot would grow and would reestablish the very reign of King David. And that when this shoot who would become a king would rule, well indeed righteousness and justice would indeed rule the day. In fact, they are told that on that day they would get a whole new name. The whole people of God would be called the Lord is our righteousness. 
And what's in a name? Well, in that name is everything. For if you have the righteousness of God, well, then you have that life that nothing can take away. Yes, in this season of Advent, we are waiting for the one who will break the dry ground. We are waiting for that one who will shoot up with life and bring righteousness and justice and peace. We wait for his first coming at Bethlehem. We wait for his last coming on the clouds with power. And we rejoice that he comes to us even now to assure us that he will come again on the last day. For we should know this. There is nothing that can satisfy the deepest longings of our heart other than the return of Jesus. No, nothing else can ultimately deliver us from the trials and tribulations and sorrows of this world. Nothing but Jesus can take us to that place where all of that stuff that bothers us about this world is gone. Yes, our greatest desires, those placed into us by the Spirit of God, will only be satisfied then. It's really only when we get our priorities out of line or we let the desires of the flesh unseat the desires of the Spirit that we can start to forget that this world is the exile and that we are waiting for the promised land. So if you think this world has all that you want, well, then you should repent because, quite frankly, you don't know what you're saying. If you think that you can have the life that Christ wants you to have in all of its abundance and fullness on this earth, well then repent and remember what God has promised. For such life can only be given by Jesus. And such life will only be given in fullness on that last day when he again breaks the soil and brings life. As he broke the soil in Bethlehem, he will break the sky open on the last day. And then things like righteousness and peace and justice, well, they won't just be occurrences. They'll be the only thing we know. Well, we can imagine for a few moments today what it would be like to live back in the days before Bethlehem became known as the place where Jesus was born. But we also must live in the reality that God has given us in our day we do know, thankfully, that the righteous branch did shoot up through the soil in Bethlehem. We know that his reign has already begun and has been going for 2,000 years, and we rejoice that his reign has made it to us. We rejoice that at that baptismal font, God gave to us a new name. He called each of us, the Lord is your righteousness. And we know that having been given this name, we can rejoice always in the thought of the King coming. Yes, Christ comes to us. He came to us in baptism. He comes to us through his word, and he'll come to us again today through his supper. In a very real sense, we can say that that shoot that Jeremiah spoke about so many years ago, well, it will spring up right here today on our altar. And like most tiny plants, when they break the soil, are not very impressive. Well, this in one way won't be that impressive either. Just a sip of wine and a taste of a wafer. 
But that thing will grow in you because his righteousness will become your righteousness. Yes, that righteous shoot comes today and makes you righteous, and that is good. And one day soon, he will come again. He will give you that righteousness that will never end. He will let you live in a place where justice and peace are the persistent realities. Yes, and then, and only then, will all of your greatest, most holy desires be satisfied. For yes, the things that we truly want most, they just will never be experienced in this broken world. But thanks be to God, there is another world coming. There's a new heaven and a new earth where peace and righteousness dwell forever. And because Christ's righteousness is your righteousness, you will get to live there forever with the righteous one, God himself. You will live there forever and experience all of those blessings. For you have a beautiful name. A name that you could not have chosen for yourself, but a name which has been given to you. The Lord is your righteousness. And that is your name. Amen.